What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada athletics, episode 135. I am your host, Matt Hanfram. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Bros. Isaiah, the Great Wall of China is over 13,000 miles long. Thoughts? It is what it is. Do you know how long? Do you know how long it takes people to walk across the entire thing? A few people have actually done it. Maybe about a, maybe a couple months. I think the shortest was like 17 months long. Wow. It's 13,000 miles, dude. Do you expect to walk that over just a couple months? I mean... You have to walk like 100 miles a day. Let's speed nothing. up the pace. Oh, no, you're there just walking all day. Well, 30 miles a day. I think it was 30 miles a day from when I read it. But, like, there'd be, like, a gap where people would take, like, a month break. Oh. And so they could just, like, rest up and everything, and then they'd just go back again for another several months. Yeesh. Yeah, um... Speed up the pace next time, guys. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah, it's like 20,000 kilometers, something like that. You know, if there's any time to do it, it'd be right now. I don't think people can go right now. Yeah, it's a good point. Still, Great Wall of China. Shout out. Shout out, Great Wall of China. (laughs) We have some things to talk about. Some some good things. Some not-so-good things. And some pretty bad things. We've done like 15 episodes of these, you and I, together. This is the, by far the least one I just want to talk about. Like, this is like my least... I love doing this. This is my least anticipated one. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way, you know, that Friday night, boom, boom. Just um, the way things transpired over a couple sports was not how we wanted it. No. How was your weekend? It was okay. Did you visit the Great Wall of China? I wish I did. Yeah, I walked in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Army beat Navy. That was kind of cool. Yeah. That was fun. Was that the highlight of your weekend? Uh, Yeah, because, yeah. well, like, Friday night was, of course, Nevada losing in both sports, and then Sunday was the Vikings, which we're not going to talk about on this podcast. But So let's talk about this game. <laughs> I mean, which one? Which one are we talking about first? Because I think we're talking about the big, the biggest one. Yeah, the biggest one. Boise State did beat Wyoming 17-9 to this yeah, weekend. It, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Yeah. There was a game between Nevada and San Jose State. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about it either. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, let's just get into it. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. We brought the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, okay. I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. Was that actually – was that – I'm, was that a picture from last year when we – or, yeah, was that a picture from last year or was that a picture from Saturday? I think that was a picture from Saturday because if it was from last year, we lost oh, the no, cannon no, no. at two, home. I mean two years ago. Okay. Two years ago. I certainly hope not. That'd be so dumb. But, may, like – I think it'd be dumber to just bring it on Saturday. Yeah. Which I'm but. just saying from like a social media perspective, you use a photo from two years ago. Hey guys, <laughs> PS Cat is blue. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's a fair for thing. pregame. But you know what is even dumber? Potentially bringing it and then losing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you want to do you want to hear a cool stat? Yeah. Like every single team that's played in Las Vegas in the conference has more win inside you inside Las Vegas than. Than actually you, UNLV. Yeah, than UNLV. Well, that's, at least I think it. I, th- I think I saw a tweet that was like that. I know Nevada note. has two wins and UNLV has nothing. So. That's a high note. I like that. 
a, a silver lining from this season. This sucks because this just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. When in reality, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year that Nevada had a six and two season, it would have been like, oh wow, that's awesome, a successful season. Now we're sitting here like, dude, this is for Nevada fans out there, this I don't think they want to listen to this, but like this sucks even more for them. Yeah. It was a tough pill to swallow Friday night and it's just the way things happened and spiraled out of control. It would okay, this is the thing about it. It was so quick that it's that it like the train fell off the tracks. But then again, it felt like it lasted so long. Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. You know like what it mean? was like so it, long and drawn it, out. It, it was so but quick it was where so it was quick. like, oh, yeah. they have a twenty one twenty lead. Just like that, the snap of a finger. But it felt like it was strung out over like five hours. Yeah, once they held on to the lead and continued to add on to it. Yeah, it was. It just felt like an eternity, like you said. Lots of re- more stoppages, as always. Um, many a replay review. Gotta love that. One we're gonna talk about in a little bit that was pretty controversial. To but say anyways, the least. thirty Nevada lost thirty to twenty versus San Jose State, the undefeated San Jose State who finished six and zero in the year. Um, they are in the Mountain West Championship. Nevada's hopes. Nevada's been eliminated from the Mountain West title hopes, and we'll talk about the bowl game that they accepted um, a little later after this. But Nevada allowed 23 unanswered points in the second half. They were up 27 at half. They they didn't score anything in the first, or they they were up 20 points, 20 to seven, heading into halftime, and then they didn't score a single point in the second half. Um, wasn't great. Nevada was humming in the first half and. As again, just the the wagon fell off the. Uh, is there? A, I'm trying not to use the that. wheels fell off the wagon. Yeah, the wheels fell off the wagon Quickly. in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it, you know what? As soon as the second half literally started, it just it just things began to change, and it was not good. I mean, we could argue that it was the end of the first. I mean. Oh yeah, no, no, the end of the first half too. I mean, you yeah, want to talk about a ten it. point swing with. Talton missing a 25-yarder, and then San Jose State running back a, the opening or the second half kickoff mm-hmm. for 98 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that's not good. I don't think Coach Sheffield was too happy with that. No, and the fact that Talton missed a 25-yarder just is so unlike him. He's still Mr. Automatic to us. Where he's still Mr. Automatic, but just missing the 25-yarder was like, I thought he made it live. But then he's like missed. It. I was like, wait, what? He missed it. But then they showed replay. He did, in fact, miss it. And I was yeah. like, oh, that kind of sucks. But then again, I I tweeted from the Paxter account like Nevada going into the halftime with a twenty seven lead. Like Coach Novell is going to take that. Like I don't think he's going to scoff at that at all. It's just a matter of closing out the game, obviously, not allowing more points than or not not allowing a substantial amount of points in the second half, which Nevada did, and they couldn't respond in that fact um so yeah i mean the second half kickoff that was just like oh like now it's 2014 this isn't great this isn't good and then uh, do you want to just get into the review yeah why not i mean wait before we say that is it there was a lot of like reactions on twitter on friday night this isn't this is my take i want to see your thoughts on it 
Can we stop being intellectually dishonest with ourselves in the sense that Nevada didn't just lose because of the one review? Like, they beat themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, that... Because I felt like people were saying, like, oh, they lost because of the review. Yeah, I sure, want to trick away on our... The review yeah. was a 14-point swing. But we could... That was a big reason why things kind of slowed down from in the second half. But at the same time, it happened in the middle of the third quarter. They still had 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes of game time to potentially score. Of course, with all like the drives that we couldn't f- not finish, but like there was some penalties in the second half that didn't help us. There was some, we just couldn't put together a drive. We couldn't string together a long drive after that one to start the second half. And so I think it's Nev- I think Nevada just beat the like I don't think it's too crazy to say that Nevada just beat themselves. No, like I'm not going to blame it on one call. Although the call there's no question about it. The call had a big like is going to it's the elephant in the room in that game. Everyone's going to talk about that one call, but I I really do think Nevada just beat themselves and we've been talking about it or we've illuminated to it I would say most of the weeks, and one thing I said towards the beginning of the season, maybe it was the middle of the season, the one way Nevada could lose is if they beat themselves, and I think that's exactly what they did. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I know we didn't get into the play itself yet, but I'm with you because that call itself... It took a huge... It, 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 the did. momentum it was change was blow, massive. But, I mean, I was still so confident Nevada was going to go down the field and score when we were down 21-20. I was yeah. I remained so high. I still thought Nevada was going to pull out a win, and I thought it was going to be comfortably. In all honesty, with you, from that very we've moment seen on, the resiliency yeah. from this team to a degree this year, especially offensively, I had no doubts. But at that point, we couldn't sustain a drive offensively. I mean, our offense was absolutely lifeless that second half, and then SJSU started getting that run game going. <laughs> And when I say get that run game going, holy moly. We want to talk about the truck that Devontae had in the first half. Nevins trucked our hardest-hitting safety in the second half for the 69-yard touchdown and was like, you can do it, but I can do it better. That's a highlight real play. I mean, both of those were because Devontae's was awesome too. Devontae's was so awesome. But Tyler Nevins, he just said— He ran all over us in the second half. Sit down— Good sirs, I'm gonna score a quick touchdown, and that we was, almost had another one. Yeah. But um, to talk about the the call real quick, I know he didn't really mention the play. It was the Toa Tawa fumble that looked like he was. I'm not trying to say clearly down. He was clearly down. Can we say that? Okay, it looked like he was, he was clearly, clearly down. down before the ball. Both of his knees were down before the ball popped loose, and, and the call in the field was a fumble. Like, the first few replays, I was like, oh, yeah, he's down. We're the good. replay took, like, 15 minutes. Like, it took so long. Obviously, the call stood. Mm-hmm. Call stands. SJSU goes down the field and strikes. 99 yards. 99 like, yards. 12 plays. It was, takes the 21-20 lead. And you want to talk like, about what? a drive. Wow. That was a statement. Take the lead. And I know on top of that, I know some Nevada fans were kind of saying, like, not only was the fumble, but these replay reviews took us out of – our rhythm offensively, we were on the sidelines when we should have been on the field playing. And I understand that, but at the same time, to me, that's just another excuse. And I just got to give San Jose State 
a boatload of credit for they deserve the all the credit in the world for n- that not only how they uh responded to take a one point lead at that point at twenty one twenty the way they held on to that lead and found a couple more explosive big plays in the run game and really just took control of it offensively for the final four to five minutes, just taking the ball right out of Nevada's hands. I mean, they were they, they showed why they were undefeated, and they deserve to be in the Mountain West championship game. It was death by a thousand cuts. Yes, it really was. It was so many small things, and I know one of the things I wanted to touch on was in that first half, wow, the run game looked to have some promise. We looked very balanced. I would say it's one of our most balanced games offensively that we've had all year. I mean, the run game was really just going well, and you mentioned that Devontae Lee truck stick style. Uh, Toa Tower was turning up the yards, and it looked to be that way. You know, we started to rely on the run game a little more in the second half as well. After that fumble, it just looked we got a little pass happy a little bit. Maybe we jumped the gun. Uh, did you feel the same way in that regard? Like, really well, just I trying to get back into the game? Because there was. Even when we were at that point down one, but I, I mean, I mean I I'm fine with being pass happy. Nevada has been pass happy this entire year and it's worked for them, but I don't mind us being pass happy because we've been pass happy all year and look at the results that has turned out. We just couldn't get it done against a good secondary. And San Jose State like kind of flipped a switch, like flipped an energy switch. Their team was energized in the second. I mean, both teams were energized the entire game. One, of the, one thing I like about not having fans in the stands is. Hot mics galore. There were so many hot mics throughout that game. It, you could hear everything that they were saying, and <laughs> that's a little entertaining to me, to be honest. Oh, definitely. The coaches, the players after they make a big play, the sidelines, both sidelines were raucous the entire game, but it felt like on the field, San Jose State just flipped that switch and Nevada just couldn't respond because almost like the air was taken out of it. Yeah, it was just... The wind was taken out of their sails. It was just so different to see kind of... Uh, the collapse you know it was just an absolute collapse from Nevada in the second half and I guess there's no really any other way to put it and as much as the penalties and the fumble call and the reviews and the stoppage in time didn't help us in any sort of fashion we really did beat ourselves I think we had every opportunity to get back into the game let alone take the lead that we had throughout the first half and we just couldn't. We just couldn't sustain anything. And I just have to credit San Jose State again for playing well in that regard and not really giving us a chance from the final moments of that fourth quarter to really put a stoppage to it, you know, really put a stamp on the game as a whole. Yeah. And credit San Jose State as, I mean, what a season. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I, people expect it. No one expected Nobody. This. I mean, I just have to give them a round of applause. I'm certainly rooting for them. I'm not the type to go um, rooting for teams like any other teams, but just a, their story this year has been awesome, and it's finally getting some national recognition, and, you know, wish them the best because their season this year has been unlike any other. Congratulations. What was it? Yeah. Their first bowl, their first, first Mountain ever West, Mountain West championship Mountain appearance, West title game, yep. and their first undefeated season since we talked about it. What was it? Nineteen thirty-nine. My goodness. Yeah, I mean that's history right there. Keep it going. Well coached team, by the way. 
Brett Brennan's yeah. a beast. Yeah. You could tell his players really fight for him the same way. Yeah, his, I think, t- his team was Brazilian this entire year. Yeah. And you can I, – I see, like – I see some resemblance between Brennan and – wow, voice crack, I'm sorry. <laughs> between Brennan and Norvell where it just looks like both locker rooms just fight for him, you know, just want to do everything in their power to play and make their coach proud, and you can kind of see it. It's really cool. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, Do you want to talk about the Norvell coaching rumors that again that sparked this weekend? Yeah, Arizona. so he was linked to the Arizona job. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin got fired after uh, 0-5, 0-6 start. Brent uh, Brennan as well, right? Oh, well, yeah. And Arizona lost 70-7 to against an 0-2 Arizona State team. It was so bad. Yeah, I had that on my TV. I didn't really – I was doing some other, like, work. But, I, yeah, I, bad. <laughs> um, so he got – he was he's linked to the Arizona job. He's coached in the Pac-12 before. And then I also saw his name – I don't know if it was a fan or writer or – but I also saw his name linked to the Illinois job. Oh, because Lovey Smith just yeah, got Lo- fired. Yeah, that was was that this morning though or la- yesterday? The rumor or him getting fired? Lovey Smith getting fired. I want to say that was Saturday. Saturday, because I, yeah. I just saw that on the scroll this morning. Yeah, I don't know if he might have been. One. It might have been Sunday. I don't know if he'd take that one. Why? I don't think Illinois is all that good of a program. Is Arizona? I mean, at least it has some sort of name recognition. Fair. And they can Bigger comp- I mean, I I'd have to look at the pay discrepancy, but I don't I don't know what either school pays. I don't know. Maybe Norvell's hungry, especially after like the same thing. Like it goes back and like the same thing is like Vanderbilt. I don't think Vanderbilt's that good of a program, but I still think it's a job worth considering. Yeah, I mean, these aren't obviously they have coaching openings for a reason, <laughs> right? So right, so it's kind of hard some to holes and stuff. But... And I mean. We're not inside no. the locker room at all. We don't know what Norvell's thinking. No. All I'm hoping is maybe Norvell's hungry for next season after. He might how... be hungry for next week. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I know our season's like not we're over. still we're still continuing this this season. Yeah. Let's... And like, kind of thank God, Br, because I'm sure the team just wants to get this terrible tasting. Like it, it's like eating. Here's a good analogy. It's like eating something. Or, like, it smells really good, but then you put it in your mouth, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. It looks great on the plate. It's yeah, like, it looks oh my great, gosh. and it's like, this looks terrible. Now it's like kind of Nevada's game. It looks great. Second half, or first half, was excellent. It's like the aftertaste. And then, yeah, and then you put it in your mouth. The aftertaste <laughs> is terrible. It's staying in your mouth for several days on end, although that's not, that doesn't really happen, but it feels like it's days. That was like Nevada on Friday. And now they're having another opportunity just to get that terrible taste out of their mouth. Against Tulsa and the famous Not Idaho Tulsa, potato bowl. Tulane. Oh, Tulane. I'm sorry. Why did I say Tulsa? I don't know. They both <laughs> sound the same. Against Tulane. I think they play Tulsa. In the famous Idaho potato bowl. Again, back-to-back years. Whoopee! <laughs> when I found out we got another famous Idaho potato bowl. It was the closest bowl to the Mountain West Championship game, so we knew automatically that... San Jose State and Boise State couldn't 
being the famous Idaho potato bowl because I think it was one of the three or four Mountain West bull tie-ins that were like actually still active because Mountain West has six. It's just the the name itself is so lame. But um, I don't want a potato. I had a sweet potato last night. It was really good. Where's the sweet potato bowl? Let's show love to the sweet potatoes. That should be like in Georgia or something. The sweet potato bowl, like the, uh, the, uh, why am I getting so off track? Like, I don't know, the, the I am's sweet potato bowl. That sounds better than the famous Idaho potato bowl. I guess the name of the Idaho potato was famous. Right. So I think it might be just a sponsor too. Yeah. I just, I just don't, a bowl name sucks, but it's okay. Because we're in a bowl game, and... I, mean, I don't really care about the bowl name, but I guess I kind of see what you're saying. But as you said, this is a chance for us to really rebound and close our great... Uh, maybe not a great season, but a good season. You can't deny that, right? A good season on a high note. Yeah. I mean, certainly had certainly had potential to be more in terms of the regular season. But I was hoping Monday. Was, I was hoping today was going to be a happy episode. No, it's a sad day in Wolfpack Town, and we haven't even gotten into the other loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, women's basketball won though. Yes, they were the only high note of the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know the the way it was like a boom boom. You know what I mean? Because there was like oh, Nevada basketball lost, but Nevada's looking kind of good right now. So it's like. You kind of brush the Nevada basketball loss away since it's still early in the year and, you know, there's plenty of season left. And this game for Nevada, it's everything right now. And since we're performing so well, and then that roller coaster just crashed and burned come the second half. And you look at Friday night and you're like, wow, both Nevada teams lost. Not good. With bad second halves. With bad, yeah. Do you want to get into that? I'm sorry. I I mean, if you want to transition into Let's talk about... The kind of but not really famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Tulane, Nevada will face Tulane. They were six and five on the season. They were three and five in the American Athletic Conference. They're a good team, man. I mean, this team averages nearly 400 yards a game. They average 35 points a game, which is the top, which ranks in the top 25 in the nation. So this is a pretty high powered offense. I'm interested to see how. Our defense does, and of course we'll get in, get more into it later in the week. But this is a good team, and um, this is going to be. A, I mean, this is going to be a challenge despite a team being six and five. I mean, they're probably better than the record, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It looks to be another high scoring game. I'm expecting fireworks, and I'm expecting Nevada to respond. So it's a little bit of sprinkles into a future episode. Yeah, they have a good running game too. I didn't even mention that they average. I think nearly 220 yards on the ground. So oh boy! Another, another run-heavy team that Nevada's facing this year. It feels like feels like it's always been that way, right? Like this whole year. But hopefully, we'll adjust. We'll get into it. But yeah, you want to transition into another loss? Just get the losses out of the way, real oh, quick. Oh yeah, well, it's, yeah, yeah, we're getting Nevada stuff out of the way for a reason. Nevada basketball, Grand Canyon. I got to give you props. Grand Canyon looked good, dude. Shot they the lights out. Good. I was not expecting that. Especially in the second half. I mean, they started, they started out pretty hot, too, but we held Ashbourne Mitgod in check. He only had seven points on two of five shooting in 29 minutes. 
But then again, guys like Javon Blackshear, Oscar Freyer, and Mikey Dixon had probably their best games of the season, especially Blackshear. He had a career high, 22 points, um, hit three threes. He had four, He had a team high four assists too. He was really good. Freyer looked really good. I saw Freyer play in high school. Fun fact. He had 12 points, five of seven shooting, two of two from deep. Laver, their other big guy, had a very good game. He had 19 points. Four of seven shooting, two or three from deep. He went nine of 11 from the free throw line, um, had three rebounds. Freyer also had a team high nine rebounds, and he's a 6'4 forward. So, or it's, no, 6'6. Six, six. Yeah, they're long and they're big. Kind of use that to their advantage. Yeah, and they were only shooting, I think, south of 30% from the three point line, and they shot 47.4% uh, Friday night. I mean, these last few games have just been. Teams have been just willing to pop it against Nevada. They've been hitting it. Yeah, they've been hitting <laughs> it. Yeah, it's – I mean, I think there were some high points for Nevada as a whole, but that, once again, just another – I'm not trying to say a second-half collapse, but just got to credit Grand Canyon for – They went on a 15-0 run in the second half. They it just, was almost kind of was – it was pretty close, and then they burst out to a 15-0 run, and Nevada couldn't respond. They couldn't cut to a – single digits again for the rest of the game because i think it, they extended it to 13 and nevada couldn't cut it back no i know i gotta give you credit because you picked grand canyon to win this game and i didn't think they'd shoot the lights out yeah neither did i didn't wasn't their strength on paper heading into friday night but um it's you know it's just one of those things and that's i just think grand canyon had one of those nights, and sometimes it's hard to stop a team like that. But for Nevada, at least there's some high points you can take away. I mean, we right. can get into or Desmond Cambridge. Desmond, I was going to say, yeah, Desmond. I mean, season-high 24 points on 7-15 shooting. He looked comfortable. He had six threes. He looked good. When he's on. He's on. He's on. He's not, a, and I know we've talked about how he's not afraid to shoot the ball, no matter if he's cold, no matter if he's hot. When he's hot like that, yeah, keep shooting Desmond because <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a sight to see. We really got to see some of his offensive potential Friday night. That was good to see. Sherfield had 16 points, five assists. Warren had another like good game. He's building on his season. He yeah, had t- he had 10, 10 points. points. Third he- straight game in double digits. He's We're starting to see at least those three, I would say, just kind of form and gel together as a unit a little bit. That's good to see. I mean, I really thought it'd be kind of – I'm not trying to say difficult – to integrate those three so early on, but I thought they'd have some sort of troubles offensively trying to find each other's strengths and everything. But Friday night, that was a high point, I would say, you know? You mean those individual performances? Yeah, each of them. Too bad it didn't translate to a win. But defensively, like we talked about, I think it was, was it last podcast or the podcast previous? Yeah, Nevada has some struggles defensively to kind of hone in on and opponents have been shooting pretty good percentages against us all of a sudden and starting to really let it go like you said something we got to pay attention to yeah Nevada allowed just 30.8 percent shooting from the field south of 25 percent from the three-point line these first in the first three games and then the last three they teams have shot nearly 46 percent from the field and 38 percent from beyond the arc so those are considerable differences, although it's a very small sample. There's ups and downs, but 
It's just a little trend. Yeah, just see. something to keep because in mind. Because these last two games have been losses. Yep. Or not the last two games, two of the last two. Two of the last three. Yeah. And it's just something to keep an eye on because, you know, you can have the formula for success, especially in so many games and sports in general, is you can have the best offensive night of your life, but when you can't stop anything on the other end, it's difficult to string together wins consistently and you just have to hone in on that side of the floor because it can help ease a bad shooting night from a few of your key players. Yeah, so. Nevada's 77 points for a season high against a Division One opponent. It's still not enough. It just shows. Got to pay attention. So, Got to be good defensively. Yes. And that's how Alford, that's one of Alford's mantras is being good defensively, and that's something that he came into the beginning of the year like harping on. And in the first three games we saw, Nevada was really good defensively. These last three games, not so much. That's probably a byproduct of uh, having a young team and just making adjustments throughout the year and gelling together as a unit. And so, I mean, I'm I'm expecting to see not not to the degree of the first three games all season, but I'm expecting to see considerable improvement throughout the season with this team and as they continue to grow heading into next year. Well, I mean, we we're six games in. We're already talking about next year. But I'm expecting to see improvement with this team uh, as the season goes on. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's a long season. It's a we- It's also a weird year because, I mean, you're facing going to be facing teams in just about a week on back-to-backs. Yep. It's going to be very different, but it's going to be something to look forward to. And now with, you know, Nevada football playing its last game of the year, we can have a lot more time to really focus – on Nevada basketball and what they need to do throughout the course of the year to find some success. And I have all the faith in Alford and the rest of the coaching staff that they'll find that, you know, they'll find that even balance and find that type of twitch, I would say, just some sort of, you know, adjustments and everything like that in order to, you know, stay alive. Yeah, Nevada has a game tonight. San Diego State. San Diego. I I keep – it's the Tulane – it's the San Diego State. It's San Diego. San Diego, Isaiah. Hey, it's a Monday, man. I, it is. I'm sorry. I have a case of the Mondays. The Monday mumbles. Another yeah. interesting matchup. Yeah. They've only played one game on the year. They had a 14-day hiatus. Uh, it, I think it was on November 20th. They weren't able to play their first few games. And then they took the court again against a pretty tough UCLA team on December 9th. They lost 83-56. UCLA is ranked number 26 in the Ken Palm ranking, so they're obviously a good team. And so now, five days later, they take on Nevada. San Diego's coming off a bad season. They were, I think, 9-23 and last year. And so they do return over 50% of the production from the scoring department. They return 50% of the rebounding, and they return over 50% of their assists. Um, they bring a couple transfers in Frankie Hughes and Josh Parrish. Their second leading scorer last year, their top returning scorer this year, Joey Calcaterra, had 18 points. So this isn't a bad team. It's kind of hard to judge them off of one game, especially since the Cavs a really solid team. Um, they struggled to rebound. They only had 31 rebounds on the game. They got out-rebounded by 19-19 against UCLA. And so it, the, I'm interested to see how Nevada does. Nevada's obviously played six games compared to their one. So there's a bit of a game discrepancy and experience discrepancy and trying to get your legs under you discrepancy, if that makes sense. I don't think that does, but Nevada's got had more time and more experience to get their legs under them. And considering they 
San Diego paused basketball activities for two weeks, and now they're playing their second game of the season. I don't know. It's it's hard to judge, and I'm interested to see how Nevada does. Yeah, I'm expecting some struggles on San Diego's end, but I just think for Nevada, this is a game to really bounce back in a way, and I think they can do it. So I'm expecting a win. You know, just the way, I'm not trying to say the core, but those three key performers have been playing to this point, and just expecting a better defensive performance. So I'm thinking Nevada's going to come away. Just being the more experienced team at this point and having a few more games under their belt can really go to their favor in a season like unlike any other. So, yeah. Yeah. So you think they're going to win tonight? Yeah. I've been saying, you know, I hope the listeners don't take my predictions to the bank as evidenced by, I don't know, basically the entire year. But, um, you know, I stand by my predictions. Because I'm a confident person. Why did I say that? I don't know. But, you know, if we want to end this podcast on a high note, we can go into women's basketball, who thankfully ended a sad weekend on a high note. Yeah, with a man, solid they played performance. Well. Very well. We're seeing some of the swag. I'm not some of the swag come out. I know you saw some of the cheering on the sidelines and stuff. The funny thing is, like with the women's team, they get down, they're funny. Like, they, they're a pretty tight-knit group. They always kind of are and everything like that. So it's kind of cool. But, yeah, I mean, another 62-53 to 53 victory. I mean. After the 74-61 victory. Yeah. I mean, they're undefeated still. I know they haven't played the same amount of games as Nevada men's, t- you know, the men's team or anything like that. But Because of three cancellations because of COVID. But a win is a win. They performed well on the road. And you saw some different things. Like, did you see the Amaya West fadeaway? Yeah. That was impressive. That was a good shot. I was impressed by that. Just just little things like that is, you know, just kind of things to take, I don't know, take control over. And women's team just continues to perform well and ended a, a sad weekend in Wolfpack Town just with some bright performances. Yeah, they had a 74-61 victory on Saturday. They shot 48 points at from the floor and 31% from deep. Aliska Stepakov... I I don't know how to say that name. Stepaskovsa. Stepaskovsa. I think think we're adding an an extra S in there. But anyways, um, she had 20 points on 10 of 13 shooting off the bench. That was... That's a big contribution. Deja Hamilton had 17 points. Maya West had 14 points. Nevada had compared Nevada had twenty one assists compared to their seven. Or Sacramento State seven. And so Nevada was moving the ball really well. And then of course they had the sixty two fifty three victory on Sunday. Nia Alexander had eighteen points. Amaya West had thirteen points. Deja Hamilton and Alyssa Jimenez had eight point had eight rebounds apiece in their contributions. So Overall, it was a it was a good weekend for Nevada women's basketball, and they advanced to three and zero in the season. Sacramento State's now zero and four. Definitely, it was a good weekend, and just kind of pinpointing Deja Hamilton and her shooting prowess this year has been really cool to keep an eye on. I know she struggled from three point range and just kind of struggled shooting the ball as a freshman last year, but you're seeing her confidence grow and her role as a whole grow because we've seen that she can be a defensive 
menace. I mean, she gets after it all. She's a great on-ball defender, loves playing the passing lanes and everything like that, and grabs in her fair share of rebounds as well. But now we're seeing her offensive game really continue to unfold, and that's awesome to see. Amaya West and Nia Alexander just continue to take larger scoring roles in that department as well. Overall, I mean, for a team that has lost so much scoring production dating back to last season, you can't be happier from the performance from just a collective unit at this point. Yeah, Deja Hamilton and Amaya West are both averaging 13 a game already this season. Leda Oltuafi, despite just playing one game, she, already, she also is averaging double-digit points. And you're seeing contributions from LaPraza Johnson, Nia Alexander, and uh, Aliska. I'm not going to try to say her last name because I can't say it, but they've all like put together good scoring contributions throughout these first three games, and hopefully we can see that continue throughout the season. Oh, definitely. I mean, Levins is doing a great job coaching and just keeping their spirits high and keeping them ready for each and every game. So... We'll continue to keep an eye, especially on basketball, now that that's kind of going to be taking center stage once Nevada football wraps it up in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, we'll you see. You want to play on that blue turf again? I get, I get nightmares from that from last year. It was ugly. It was an ugly loss. Not good. but Yeah, they've lost like 12 straight. On the blue turf. That's where all blues I think on the back blue turf. Like... Oh my gosh, the psychological warfare right there. Huh? Let's bring the blue cannon wearing our all blues on Boise State's blue turf. No. Let's talk about some psychological warfare there. You no. can't be telling me Norvell's not at least thinking about that. He's not. Okay. We sure? I'm 1,000% sure. I think, he's, I think sure. he's at least like considering. Just, no. Yeah, just the psychological warfare going on on the sidelines. Oh my god! What, okay, what? But what psychological warfare? It's blue on blue on blue. It's I don't think it's three different shades of blue. Nevada wasn't blue last year. That's but we lost. You see, he's he's got a. The only reason we're losing games at this point is uniforms. <laughs> we're just messing, but no. Just think, yeah. Just think about the endless possibilities. You know. It's, no. It's got a lot of potential. Why the cannon? Because it's another blue. We need all the blue we can get on a blue turf. Use it to our advantage. But at the same time, it's also different shades of blue. That's See, that's what I'm saying. The only reason why it would be psychological warfare is they would see that we would have a cannon in our see, possession. See, they're scared of blue uniforms. Trust me. Do you have any data to back that up? <laughs> We don't need it. Sometimes there's a world without data. You know what I mean? No. Okay. Well, it's proven that blue on blue on blue is, yeah, it's scary. And you should definitely employ that strategy come bowl game. Just see, thinking about it. How do we know who's the home team and who's the road team? See, and that's, a, that's what I'm talking about with the psychological warfare. <laughs> Like, teams just like, show, or I mean, no, two lanes green, so that wouldn't matter. So like two lanes, like, are, are we the home team? Are where's the where's the coin flip? Are we kicking? Are we receiving? I don't know who's That's the quarterback. That's when they would find that out. They wouldn't know before the game. Nevada yeah, but as soon, I'm talking as like as soon as the game starts, they're discombobulated. Like, where's Carson Strong? Who am I supposed to go? Oh, Romeo they have, like the, they have like the field goal unit out on the field. Yes, yeah, they're the in kickoff. putt formation on first down. You know. <laughs> 
They their first possession, they're like, "All right, guys, we got to punt. Let's I'm get out the team." I'm cutting this entire thing. This is the this is the biggest waste of time conversation I've ever had in my life. Anyway, he's Nevada basketball will play Fresno Pacific, or Nevada women's basketball will play Fresno Pacific Friday at one, and then they'll be at St. Mary's next Monday at one a week from today, December twenty first, and then they get in to their beefy to the to the beginning of their conference schedule. Conference schedule. No, it's going to be interesting to see. And Nevada women's team just continues to play well. Both teams, you know, men's and women's at this point are off to solid starts. So continue. It'll be good. Do you have any more to add? Nope. I'm just glad we ended on somewhat of a positive note, which was a sad time in Wolfpack Town. Yeah, it wasn't great. Friday wasn't great. But, hey, there's ups and downs. It's not how you fall down, it's how you respond. You know, in the, in the And Nevada word, has another chance to respond. In the words of Jay-Z, get that dirt off your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so. Man, I can't believe you're quoting Jay-Z on this podcast. <laughs> shout out Jay-Z and shout out the Great Wall of China. Two shout outs every podcast. You already know. I can't believe the Great Wall of China is 13,000 miles long. I at least thought it was a few thousand Imagine building that. Wow. So in in 500 BC, uh, are you going to visit the Great Wall of China someday? Do you have any interest? I'd do it. Okay, that's the end of this Pack Center podcast. If you like and subscribe, give us a rating, a five-star rating, in fact. Um, I hope you have had a great weekend, although for Wolfpack Athletics, it wasn't great. We will preview Nevada and Tulane at the end of the week. I know Isaiah is going to be going to California soon, uh, so we might not be able to record for after this week. We might not be able to record for a week or two, but we'll we'll figure that out, and we'll see how everything is and if the J schools open and everything. But anyways, like and subscribe. Give us a rating, five star rating. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you later this week. Thank you.